A few years ago, I went back to my home province of Newfoundland for the funeral of my grandmother. It was a very interesting trip because I got to visit many relatives that I had not seen in many, many years. And one of them was my Uncle Harris. So one evening, we're sitting down for a meal. So it's me and my uncle and my aunt and, and my mom and dad, and my brother was there too. We began to, the meal, and about 10 minutes later, this guy walks in, takes his boots off, goes to the kitchen and grabs a plate and a folding chair and pulls up next to me and just starts eating. No one said anything or even lifted their eyes up from the table except my brother who looks at me sideways and mouths these words. Who is that guy? <laughs> well, later I found out that everyone in town knows this guy, doesn't really have a family, so the whole sort of village has adopted him and he can just walk into anybody's house at dinner time and get a meal. So I asked my uncle later, why do people just allow this guy to walk in? And I found out that his father used to get the same treatment from the people in the town. So for generations, this family has been getting free food from the other people in this small fishing village. So when I pressed my uncle about why is it okay for someone just to walk in and grab a plate and start eating your food, the answer he gave me was, well, we've always done it that way as long as I can remember. They did it this way because they'd always done it that way. And so many times we do things without knowing why, but we do it anyway. Because we've always done it that way, no one has ever taken the time to find out why themselves. We just go through lives doing things that we have no idea why we do what we do. Now today is our first Global Outreach Sunday of 2024. Did you know that as a church, we support 16 different partners who have answered God's call on their life to serve cross-culturally in another country to another people group. And today we will be shining a light on and celebrating the things God did through their faithful presence and your faithful financial support. Through their obedience to go and your obedience to give. Now our church has been doing this for over 114 years and one of the reasons our fellowship of churches in Canada began gathering hundreds of years ago was to worship but also so they could raise funds to send people to share the love of Jesus in other countries. Over the last few weeks, I've been compiling a list of answers from our 16 global workers to this question. Why do you do what you do? Now, I'm thankful that here at Broadway Church, we can answer this question of why we do what we do with a very specific answer. Even just a few weeks ago, Pastor Darren sat on this chair and in his Vision Cast sermon talked about the reason that we do what we do. He told the stories that helped shape his life and ministry and in turn have helped shape the life and ministry of Broadway Church. The answer to the question why Broadway Church does what it does is because everyone was created to experience and express the purest love imaginable. Everyone on earth deserves to experience and express agape love. Agape is one of four Greek words for love. Agape love involves faithfulness, commitment, and it's an act of the will. It's distinguished from other loves and other types of love by its lofty moral nature and strong character. Now, if you ask Pastor Simon or the staff of City Reach Care Society why they do what they do, he will tell you the reason City Reach facilitates healthy food for thousands of people per week, the reason they get backpacks into the hands of students as they go back to school, and the reason they make it possible for over 700 families to receive a box of love each Christmas is because of their reason, which is helping people prosper. Because at City Reach Care Society, we are in the hope business. A leader in the first century church named Paul talked about the reason he did what he did when, in a letter he wrote to the church in Rome. Let's read there together in Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 38. Now this was a church that had experienced persecution. 
All the Jews in Rome had been expelled under Emperor Claudius. And when Paul writes this letter to the church, this church was not unified. The persecution had caused this church to scatter. And as a result, their purpose was also scattered. It's in the midst of this that Paul writes these words. He says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now when I read this, I can't help but think, Paul, are you sure about that? Isn't there something somewhere that could possibly somehow, some way separate us from the love of God? I mean, in the five short years that the Jews had been expelled from Rome, the church had become incredibly fragmented. But Paul, you speak so confidently. How can you be so confident? Well, good question. To answer it, Paul mentions several things that might separate us from the love of God. And taken together, they kind of encompass everything in the universe. He includes every imaginable realm of existence. Paul begins by talking about death or life. Now that makes sense because death is indeed the great separator. It separates us from loved ones, our friends, our family members. Death cuts us off from everything we know and have known in life. Death ends your career or your hobbies or your home life. Death brings it all to a screeching halt. More than that, death calls forth the greatest fears we have in life. What happens when we die? Where do we go? Do we go anywhere or do we simply dissolve into non-molecular nothingness? I've seen it at every funeral I've conducted, the awesome fear of death. I see it when I visit a hospital and I ask, what did the doctor say? Death is so final. No wonder we fear it. This is why at Broadway Church, we are motivated by the word agape. That's why we say we believe everyone was created to experience and express the purest love imaginable. But what about life? Many things, they separate us in life. War separates families. Poverty separates whole classes of people. Sickness separates us from our loved ones. Old age and geography separates us from our families and friends. Sometimes our sin causes us to do stupid things that separate us from those around us. We make friends and then we drift apart. We move to a new neighborhood and the old relationships are forgotten. We say, let's keep in touch, but we don't. So many experiences of life also pull us apart from each other. Can life itself, with all its ups and downs, pull us away from God? Apart from Jesus Christ, there is no hope for you in the face of death. And without Jesus, there is no true hope in facing the fears that life brings our way. But for those who believe in Jesus, death holds no fear. John eleven forty four to 45 says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Those are the words of the only person who ever rose from the dead. What does he mean, will never die? Do we actually not die? No, we, we do die, but if you know Jesus, you live beyond the grave. Not as a dream or a phantom, but as a real person. You live forever with our Lord. Death cannot separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or to be close to him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that at the end of my talk. So stay tuned. K.J. Appelt is one of our global workers, and she leads an organization called Justice Water. The communities she works in in Malawi, in Togo, and in Cambodia are literally dealing with death and life issues because of their lack of access to clean drinking water. When I asked K.J., why do you do what you do? She quoted Paul in an earlier part of Romans where he says, it is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. She said, I want people to experience God's love 
and come to know him in a deeper way through the gift of clean water. Paul goes on to talk about angels and demons. Now reading this scripture reminds us that the possibility of separation from the love of God is not just a natural possibility, but a supernatural possibility. We live in the natural realm. We live understanding things we can feel and see and touch and taste. But there's an entire supernatural realm. Things we cannot see or feel or touch or taste. Sometimes we think all of this supernatural stuff is just mumbo jumbo or it's leftovers from some spooky Netflix series we watched. But let's be clear on this point. Demons do exist and they have power. They can discourage us, divide us, attack us, provoke us, oppress us. The supernatural dimension and the enemy's plans to destroy your life and my life are very real. But the question we're asking today is that can that reality separate us from the love of God? And the answer is absolutely no. But they can make us feel as if God doesn't love us. They can confuse us into thinking we've been rejected. But those attacks are actually within our own minds. And that is all they can do. Colossians 2, 14 to 15 tells us that when Christ died, he defeated Satan and all his minions. He disarmed them by making a public spectacle of them. He triumphed over them when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. Satan is a liar. He's been defeated. He's lost. The demons have lost. Jesus won the battle 2,000 years ago and the battle is over. Can demons hurt the people of God and harass them? Yes. Can they confuse and mislead the people of God? Yes. But that's all they can do. There's a limit to their activity. They are not omnipotent. Can the angels or demons separate us from the love of God? Well, the angels won't, and the demons can't. Kevin Garrett and his wife, Julia, understand this. They talk about this supernatural reality as part of the work they do ministering on the border of Thailand and Myanmar. Here's what they said in answering the question of why they do what they do. They said, when we look at those around us without Jesus, it ignites a fire in us to do whatever we can to share with them the only person that can change their lives. Jesus. Paul then mentions anything present or future or any spiritual powers. The truth is that our past is something that often interferes with our present and our future. Our past is often filled with trauma and pain, sometimes as a result of our decisions and sometimes as a result of the decisions other people have made. The trauma in your past can interfere with your ability to live in the present or dream for the future. Sometimes we don't feel like a happy and content future is something we even deserve because of the mistakes we've made in the past. We sometimes cannot walk confidently into the future because we only understand it in terms of a disappointed, frustrated, or wounded past. Those are the voices that whisper in my ear and in your ear. Is there anything looming beyond the horizon? Any horrible event, some unforeseen emergency, some unexpected catastrophe, some yet unknown failing that could break the tie that binds us to God's love? The answer is no. Terrible things sometimes happen to believers, including some things for which we must even bear personal responsibility, but none of these things can separate us from the love of God. Divorce cannot separate you. Bankruptcy cannot separate you. Your addiction cannot separate you. There is nothing you are going through right now, no matter how terrible, that can separate you from the love of God. You may suffer from your mistakes or your sins, but even those things cannot separate you from God's everlasting love. Listen to Steve Bowler talk about his ministry, Fountain of Life, in the African country of Malawi. He told me about three stories that had come to light in a very short time of women being sexually assaulted, and there were no services for them. 
This is a prime example of a ministry reaching into someone's traumatic past so they, their present and their future can be secured. It didn't matter, Steve said, that I was a white man in Malawi with no trauma counseling experience. Somehow that did not matter to God. It still doesn't make a whole lot of sense, he said, but there you have it. I guess a willing heart determined to seek God's guidance on what to do supersedes experience and knowledge. Now Steve oversees a gender-based violence recovery center and counseling service that is helping women find health and healing in a safe environment. Nelson Montero, who leads a team that works doing community development projects in Brazil, sees this reality firsthand. When asked why he does what he does, he said this, because God is on a mission to reconcile all things broken back into his original design through Jesus. And he calls us to work with him as his kingdom agents of transformation in the lives of individuals, in communities, and in society. Now, when Paul speaks of spiritual powers, the word here he's using is the root word dunamis, which is in the New Testament usually refers to various spiritual powers. The word covers everything under the topic of spiritual powers. It involves the entire gamut of evil spiritual influences. And here's the point. Whatever Satan can think up, whatever spiritual forces might be organized against us, none of them can separate us from God's love. No one can cast a spell on you and take away your salvation. It can't happen. Jesus is greater than all the spiritual powers of the universe. Spiritual forces are very real things, and there's no getting around the truth that we need to live a life that pleases God, but these things cannot destroy the faith of a follower of Jesus. Can anything Satan does destroy our faith? The answer is no. Can any power do that? No. Can any power you will ever encounter do that? No. Darcy McAllister shares what motivates him to do what he does. Him and his wife Leanne do leadership training through our Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada church based in a restricted access country. Darcy says this, I do what I do because I met Jesus. When I encountered him, my sin and my shame was erased and he welcomed me into a relationship of wonder and love. I want to go where he asked me to go and I long to serve him with everything he has gifted me with. So I join him on his mission of redemption and life for all to experience. Paul finishes by saying, neither height nor depth nor anything else. So if we somehow went high enough, could we be separated from God's love? No. If we went low enough, could we be severed from God's love? No. The love of God is everywhere. David reminds us of this in the Psalms, in uh, Psalm 139, verses 7, where he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. We cannot escape the love of God. And just in case we forgot something or in case something uh, is created that hasn't been thought of yet, that also cannot separate us from God's love. It's as if uh, he's, Paul's exhausted everything he can think of. If you can think of anything else the Apostle Paul hasn't thought of, put it in the, this last category. Is there any creature that can separate us? No. Is there any created being that can separate us? No. Is there anything in the universe? No. Nothing you could dream or imagine could separate a believer in Jesus from God's eternal love. I love how Peter Dove, who works in Myanmar, Southeast Asia, puts it when he describes why he does what he does. I have a compelling belief 
that the body of Christ needs to be at the forefront of addressing our world's greatest needs. Nothing should separate people from God's love as far as it depends on me. I want to have a part in what God is doing to bring his kingdom in all aspects of human existence. Now, as we come to the end of our time together today, I want to take you back to the first words Paul spoke in verse 38. Paul said, I am convinced. He's saying, I'm persuaded. He's saying, I'm sure. He's saying, I'm certain that these things are true. He's saying that nothing in all the universe can separate the people of God from the love of God. But why is he so convinced? This is not some sentimental optimism or happy ever afterism. It's based squarely on the fact that God loves us and proved his love in the death of his son. After Calvary, no one can ever doubt the greatness of God's love. The cross proved the love of God. Paul's personal mission and the reason he does what he does is rooted in his recognition of what Christ has done for him. Paul is persuaded. Are you persuaded? Paul was convinced. Are you convinced? Can you truly say, I don't have any more doubts. I know that God will keep me safe to the very end. If you're not certain, it's because you're looking for, to yourself and, and not to God. Take a look at Jesus and you will be convinced. I am persuaded and I am glad that I am. But what about you? Our global workers are telling me they are convinced. Cal Weber does what he does because he's convinced our university campuses, and specifically his campus of BCIT in Burnaby, is a great mission field to reach tomorrow's leaders in every field of work and every nation in the world. Sheldon and Anna Armitage in Slovakia do what they do because we want to serve Jesus and support his global church to focus. We are convinced if we do, we will enhance the missional impact of these churches. Our newest worker, Cliff Sapinen, says he does what he does because I am fully convinced that a relationship with God is a gift that changes life now, not just life after death. I am convinced of how great this gift is. Because of this, the most logical response to me is to use my life to tell people about this gift that is the gospel. Brian Appelt, who works with the Bible Effect, says he does what he does because I believe the Bible is a precious gift of God, and I am convinced all people can understand it and be transformed by its life-giving truth. Similarly, Craig Palmer, who works with Wycliffe Bible Translators, says, I've seen how God speaks to me and has transformed me personally through the reading of his word. There are still hundreds of millions of people who do not have access to God's word in the language they understand best. I'm convinced God wants me to play a part in changing that so that they too can hear God speak and be transformed. Our big idea today is simple. It's this. Are you convinced? Do you believe God is who he says he is? Do you believe he will do what he says he will do? Our global workers across the world are convinced. They're convinced God is who he says he is, and that's what gets them out of bed every morning. That's what gets them excited to change their world. That's why they do what they do. This year for Broadway Church Global Outreach was a year like no other. We gave almost $260,000 to support people and projects all over the world. Let me demonstrate how Broadway Church did its best to express the purest love imaginable all over the world. Here is an update of where your 2023 Broadway Church Global Outreach funds went. We gave funds to help Kathy Bowler, who works with children with disabilities in the country of Malawi. We also gave through our partnership with Erdo to help feed some of these same children. 
Through our partnership with Zoe Projects, we also help facilitate small business loans for women in Malawi starting their own home-based businesses to help them emerge out of poverty. In the country of Ukraine, through our partnership with Erdo, we gave towards the humanitarian crisis there. And we also gave towards the rebuilding of churches that had been destroyed by the war there. In the country of Bangladesh, through our partnership with Erdo, we helped drill a fresh water well, and we gave money to buy Bibles to be distributed there. Erdo helped us give towards the humanitarian crisis in Yemen. The funds sent to Yemen were matched 41 by the government of Canada. Erdo also helped us facilitate finances being sent to Zimbabwe to help with the food crisis brought on by the 2023 drought there, as well as funds for the crisis in Gaza and the earthquake that hit Morocco. We also invested in church planting throughout the world by giving startup funds to a Canadian traveling to train pastors in Eastern Europe and Africa. We gave funds to help a new church plant in the country of Slovenia. We also helped with the development and translation of training curriculum, and we even sponsored several pastors to take part in this training. We also gave to help buy electric scooters for church planters in a restricted access nation so they can take the message of Jesus into villages far away from their training center into the big city. We gave funds to our partners, the Garretts, who work on the Thai-Burmese border as they help war refugees rebuild their lives. We continued our partnership with Villages of Hope in Africa, as well as the school in Luongo, which is a school we built together through our funds in 2020. We also gave towards an organization preventing human trafficking in Cambodia, and we helped our partners in Slovakia, the Armitages, buy a new family vehicle. Here at home, we gave towards some much-needed improvements to Camp Yukon, as well as funds to help people displaced by the wildfires in the Okanagan last summer. And we continued our existing partnerships with Nelson Montero, who serves in Brazil, Matt and Amber Price in Thailand, Brian and KJ Appelt, who work internationally through the Bible Project and Justice Water, but are based here in Vancouver, Stephen Kathy Bowler in Malawi, Cal Weaver at BCIT, Karen Henriksen in Angola, Sheldon and Anna Armitage in Slovakia, Karen Reed and her Ministry of Presence on Commercial Drive, Kevin and Julia Garrett on the Thai-Burmese border, Jeremy and Mary Jim Palatau serving in the Philippines, Surgeon Nancy Bersaglio who lead villages of hope influencing the entire continent of Africa, Craig Palmer who works in Bible translation through Wycliffe Bible Translators, and Darcy and Leanne McAllister, who work in leadership training in Hong Kong. This year, we began partnerships with two new global workers, Hannah Greenham, who teaches YWAM students and leads outreach trips from the base in Kona, Hawaii, as well as Cliff Sepadin, who helps lead the YWAM base in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Also through a partnership with Ally Global, we began giving to Makwa Dodem, which is an outreach to Canadian Indigenous youth helping educate them with the goal of reducing their vulnerability to human trafficking. Thank you, Broadway Church. Thank you for continuing to be a generous church that believes that everyone on planet Earth, every race, and every country deserves to experience and express the purest love imaginable. As we go through 2024, and you are considering where to invest your offerings over and above your tithe, 
Please know Broadway Church Global Outreach is a place where our workers are passionate about extending the purest love imaginable to all people in all nations. That's why we do what we do. Let's pray. If you're listening to this and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I would love to lead you in a prayer right now. It's not important that the person next to you hears you pray this prayer. It's important that God hears it and knows that you're, you mean business. Let's just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm far from you and I want to come close. Please forgive my sin. Give me the courage to live a life that pleases you. Help me to tell someone about this decision I've made before my head hits the pillow tonight. I want to experience your agape love. Amen. Today, as we have heard and seen what our global workers are doing and what motivates them to do what they do, God, I pray that we each would be motivated to change our world for you to live a life that pleases you, to share the purest love imaginable with a person across the street and to financially give so that we can share with the person across the world. We pray these things in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, the best advice I can give you is text the number on the screen. One of our pastors is standing by. They would love to respond to you, to help you in your journey of getting to know Christ, to help you in the journey of of becoming a follower of Jesus and what that means. We'd love to support you on that journey. Have a great week and thank you so much for joining us at Church Online.